You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and this episode is with Tom Forrest. Can you imagine writing music about your family? Probably, but if you're like me, you're probably imagining an eclectic mess that just sounds awful. <laughs> However, this wasn't the case for Tom Forrest, who has arguably made one of the most beautiful albums of 2018, and the year has only just started. With his wife Isabel, Tom has created an album that's sonically lush, with lyrics that are both poignant and relatable. Whether you're a son or a daughter, a brother or a sister, a father or a mother, there's something here for you. And if you're somehow none of those things, well, don't worry, there's still something here for you too. To find out how the album came to be, I had an extensive chat with Tom over Skype right before the holidays. And trust me when I say you're going to love this. This is the 405 Exchange with Tom Forrest. Enjoy. I have tied and gone to heaven Thought that it could be for album So, Tom, I did a bit of reading on your album before I listened to it, and it was so interesting to me how succinct the themes ultimately were on the album. It was written how the album is essentially about two halves of your life, and I was wondering if you could, like, go into what those two halves represent, because I thought that was really interesting. Okay. Now you've you've put me to the test. I couldn't remember what two halves I would have been referring to. (laughs) I can help you out if you like. We could do one of those, like, can someone help me out bit? Like, one of those, like... <laughs> yeah, um, okay, no, of course I can. So, um, yeah, the album, it became quite succinct, as you say, about um, the album, the songs all came together, and only after writing them, um, we realised that they all became about endurance of, of sort of family and um, endurance of spirit. So, on the one side, there's... there's um, there's a lot of songs about tribulations and um, a lot of songs about things going quite wrong. Um, but the, the album's called Hope because it all comes together in this, um, in this idea of endurance and people ultimately coming together stronger as a result. Um, so, yeah, some of them are all out, you know, reminiscing good, really good times. Some of them are about surviving some, some rocks, but it all, it all works out to the same thing, which is ultimately uh, sort of a... In a way, it's a love story, but it's it's a family love story, if that makes sense. Yeah, I wonder, like, looking back now, does it surprise you that all the songs in the album ended up being about this specific time of your life? Because that must be really trippy. Um, I don't know how... I don't know how... It's more of an evolution, I think, with, with songs and songwriting, and that's part of the fun, which is writing loads and loads of songs, some of them take a really long time to write some of them come together really shortly um but the um you tend to have these maybe like a cluster of themes that just naturally come together and then and you look looking at what songs to choose to put on an album is always tricky and um and this time it was much easier because where where there are songs that are off on a tangent about something else entirely or just having a really good time on a friday night or something those ones aren't on this record. That will have to be a different <laughs> record. Maybe <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, sooner than later. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of came together naturally. And I did, the songs are written over quite a long period of time, I guess. Um, maybe over a year or so, which is quite unusual. Um, writing now for the next record and 
I'll do that kind of a bit quicker, maybe. Um, so yeah, just evolved together. Do you know something I'm, I'm pretty keen on asking you about? Um, I remember talking to um, Nick Mulvey a few months back uh, and we talked about uh, fatherhood a bit. And he said he felt this unexpected surge of inspiration uh, after he had his child and that it very much surprised him. Because I imagine he was saying like how prior to having his child, he was so focused on that event, that the idea of like writing music or wanting to be neck deep in music would surprise him. And then he found himself inspired. Um, you had a child in the midst of all this, and I imagine there was some inspiration for you. What was that like for you? Like, was it surprising for you as well? It's really, um, it's kind of hard to explain, I think. Um, but yeah, before my daughter came along, um, uh, everything's really noisy and, and, um, life's very messy and it definitely still is, but there's a, everything just gets distilled in that, in that moment. And, um, and becomes very, even more chaotic, even more messy, but ultimately it becomes much simpler and focused. And I found out of that came um, a freedom of being creative because all the things I used to care about, I don't care as much anymore, if that makes sense. I used to be much more vain. I used to be much more proud and inhibited. And I found um, definitely over the last year or so, that's just gone. Not gone completely. I'm still crazy proud. <laughs> but it's, um, it all just kind of got put way into perspective. So I'm finding that doing things like writing songs, making music videos, I find myself saying and doing things that I never would have expected to have the courage to do because um, everything's different now. So yeah, what Nick says makes perfect sense to me that's just amazing to me because like i feel like when you i mean i don't have a child it's something i have given thought about but i, I do think it's the type of thing where you probably find yourself thinking it's going to change your life it's just such, such a specific way and then it ends up changing it in so many different other ways like that has to be one hell of a thing to experience yeah i'm sure every, everyone <laughs> who's been that or other thing will have their own their own experience of it but it's always, um, it's, it's simply a huge adventure. And there are lots of ways in which you, th you might look at it and think, oh, everything's going to change. Everything I know and love, um, maybe not love, but <laughs> everything that I've been used to enjoying day to day, I'll, I'll, have, I'll give all that up. And they'll be replaced by this new wonderful thing. And that's definitely true. Um, definitely, there's just a massive revolution. Um, and, you know, I'm sat here in a little house in East London and you know, the rain outside and e even just how I'm sat here, where I am in this little house, I never, it's just completely, my whole life has changed upside down since that point. But one of the, one of the things that I didn't expect is that um, out of all of that chaos and all of the lost time and all of that, that there'd be this sort of nice clarity, this nice, um, just a drive to do something creative or whatever it might be. Um, and procrastination, it's almost the death, probably becomes the death of procrastination because time becomes, it's always precious, but now time is so precious that there's no choice but to get completely thrown into whatever's happening, whether it's a live show, whether it's making a video, whether it's writing new songs, 
everything everything is way more um it has to be about just com- completely diving into it so i really yeah it's it's liberating that's really beautiful i wow the death of, I love that the death of procrastination I don't think I've ever heard someone say that but like it makes a lot of sense within context yeah, yeah there's no choice about it you have to yeah. just go that's, that's what we're going to do yeah. and uh, if it's mainly for live actually I found performing live now is completely different um, really in what way yeah it becomes um, it just has become this kind of adventure because I'm so attached to home that traveling out to a show, traveling around different cities and playing shows, that it's so much more kind of focused. I don't, you know, um, indulge in the way that I used to in just enjoying the journey of going on tour. It's like, well, it's like this really intense process now of like pulling an elastic band away from home and then you do the show and it's incredible, it's just the most amazing people to meet and play music to, and then you feel yourself being pinged back to home really, really fast. So I find it a much more intense experience now. That makes a lot of sense to me. You know, I want to jump into the record a bit, because you said how a lot of these songs were written over the course of a year, but I think the album was made, like, the recording was made over the course of about a month, right? If I have that correct? Really, really sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what intrigues me with that is that the album does sound very lived in, though. Like, it sounds very, like, it sounds like the songs sound very, like, everything's thought over, was mauled over. And I wonder, how was the experience, like, for you when it came to actually recording the album? Because it sounded like you were pretty much living within it. Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was a dream. It was a proper, um, it was a proper fairy tale. Um, in that I've always had a history of making demos at home and um, taking a lot of time over them. And this was, like you said, it was just had to be quite, quite fast. We wanted to get it out there quickly. And, um, and we were really, really lucky. We had, we had what we needed at home to put the body of the record together. And you know, it was two of, two of us doing it together, myself and Isabel, who's the other half of Tom Forrest. Um, and that, we went through this period of putting the kind of framework of it together um, at home. And then we got to go to some really stunning studios to uh, carry continue elements of it. So we did quite a recording at Rack Studios in London. Um, so putting sort of vocals on where we weren't happy with vocals that we'd done at home or um, the main thing was we had these incredible string se- uh, sessions um, and just seeing seeing the kind of uh, these layers come onto the record is something I hadn't experienced before. I'd never got the chance to 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 do those kind of things. So that was that was kind of heaven. But yeah, it was short, it was fast. That's amazing. You know, talk to me about uh, summer. That's a song I really gravitate towards, and I love to hear about the story behind that too. Man, I've got to choose how honest to be about it because oh. when, I, when I started writing that song. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes I'll sit down and I'll write a song which is all very kind of. I'll take it seriously from the beginning. Yeah. Um, Some was a bit different. I was messing around, playing around with kind of old, old chords and uh, old, old chord progressions that I don't normally use, and it almost evolved as this kind of jokey thing about my um, 
my kind of younger years when I was growing up. I was really lucky in, in the UK. I grew up near some lakes and we just used to play, you know, and now we used to play around these lakes sort of jumping into the water and getting into trouble. And, and uh, now I think back to it, it's almost like a kind of cliche Hollywood um, <laughs> flashback of it. So I always thought it all seems really, um, it seemed funny to me. So I started writing these old kind of summer, t- like, you know, drenched in sunshine, summer vibe thing, not really taking it too seriously. But um, it just evolved into this love song about where I am here and now and, and making the record, really. And um, and that that's how it came about. And so it's taken on a whole new life from its um, slightly comical beginnings. <laughs> that's amazing, though, because it does. it's a song that sounds very full but very simple at the same time. I think that's something that very much stood out to me. Over it. Was that kind of intentional, do you feel? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, like all, all of the songs, my, my rule in, in, in writing um, a lot of the time is just one instrument and, and voice. I want, to be able, I want to be able to play the songs how, in, a, in a really small way. So I still do a lot of live shows, which are just tiny, maybe me and just a guitar and... Uh, it's really important to me that all of the songs can be performed in that way. So yeah, ultimately Summer, it's a really small song with just some chord progressions and a simple vocal line. Um, and I was just really lucky that I also had this dream, and because it's a sort of dream-like song, of having kind of sweeping um, uh, strings and thing, other things that come in and out. And so we were really lucky that we got to give it that treatment as well. So it was it's been built up to more, but ultimately, yeah, it's a small little song with, with a few little chord progressions. Yeah, that's lovely. You know, another standout tune for me was uh, Believer, and I think that's quite a favourite of yours as well, isn't it? Yeah, Believer is one of those ones where that, I wrote that um, with Isabel really quite, it was quite a short writing process, um, because that's just, it's a pretty joyful, it's a pretty just all-out joyful song, that one. Um I'm having to think through, hang on, what the lyrics in my head, remember what I re- what the song's all about. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun one to belt out that one when I play live, to say the least. Um, and we we recorded the vocal for it in um, Iraq Studio. And um, and I had my whole family, who I don't normally, I wouldn't normally have the confidence to let them, if I caught them in the crowd or something, it probably would put me off normally. Really? And it's <laughs> a studio that has two levels. And they were all stood like on the other side of the glass on the upper level, just kind of glaring down at me. Um, so it was a, a song where the vocals recorded under quite a lot of pressure. Wow. So I just, I'm just going to have to go for this. And um, it was right at the end of the day. So yeah, it's a song about uh, family and, 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 and stuff. And um, the vocal that's on it was yeah, very much done under the scrutiny of this rogues gallery of my family up top. Wow. You know, something that really intrigues me when uh, musicians write about family and like one of the big things about this album being so tied to your family that intrigues me is that like, I feel like I've come across so much, so many musicians who probably try to write about everything but their family, almost like they don't like having their family being a form of inspiration. But like, it seems like there's a like you find it quite comfortable in a way. Only now, I think, and maybe only for this record as well. It just seemed to be maybe it was the point I was in my life as well. Yeah. Um, I spent you know a few years 
going off, doing my own things, writing songs about other things. And maybe it was a time in my life where I felt that um, I was being maybe drawn drawn back. Because you, you have to go away and come back, don't you, from family? Because you've got to go off, maybe do your own thing, explore the world for yourself. And then this is how it worked for me anyway. And then encounter a few things and see your family encounter a few things and then and then kind of come back together stronger. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that will keep happening. People go off, explore, then you come back when you need to be strong and then you can, there's an elasticity to it. Um, but I suppose I, I, um, it, it's, it's something that um, I didn't intend to do as well. I didn't set out to write songs about them. I, I, it just, you know, people going through certain things and then that reminds me of other things over there. People being really strong and enduring things while other people are on their knees. And um, yeah, it just, it just came about naturally, really. That makes a lot of sense to me. It's kind of like everything, beca- you've realized everything was kind of interconnected without intending to. It just kind of found itself being that way. A lot of ways. Yeah. You know, there's a very beautiful music video that you have for Superhuman, which I feel, I think what I love so much about seeing that video is that it's so fitting for the track. What was the vision you had for the video and like, what did you want it to say? Okay. So, Superhuman was one of the first songs that was written for the album. And Together, we've had lots of ideas for videos, and the thing about videos, I find, is I'll have some ideas, right, but then you know there's no way you can ever do them, um, because either it's just too expensive, or, or it won't work, or it's dangerous, or whatever it might be, yeah. and with, with Superhuman, all these ideas just slowly got kind of uh, melted down until eventually it was just this really simple thing of... Um, man in bathtub <laughs> <laughs> outside in the in the rain as it was in October and it, was, um, and it started with these really grand ideas about hey what if what if you had someone who kind of disappeared into a bathtub underwater and then they pop up somewhere else and then and then they pop up you know and then maybe the locations could be all around the wire yeah or um, eventually we, we tried a bunch of things and the, and the actual shot is essentially probably only about five minutes worth of filming um, in a bathtub outdoors here in London in the cold and rain. <laughs> uh, and, that, and that's it. So naturally it all just got filtered down to this thing. But anyway, that aside, w- why is it a, a man in a bathtub? Um, well, the, the song is literally about um, people, um, myself included, Isabel, my brother, just deciding, okay, I'm going to go tunnel vision on working towards something really hard. And I'm going to do it for really good reasons. I'm going to do it because I want to provide for my family or I want to achieve something in my career. I'm just going to work and work and work. But there's this thing about, you know, you're, you're not superhuman. And you might find that by working towards it in the way that you are, you're going to destroy what, you know, or, or hurt the thing that you're trying to protect and doing it. You know, um, we all work for family and try and create a good future life for kids if we're lucky enough to have them or whatever it might be. And um, but if you overdo it, you can you can find yourself in deep water. So being kind of submerged um, 
became this um, just became a really clear metaphor for it. Um, but I didn't. It ended up being filming it right at the end. Took no time at all. But I probably spent about three and a half, four hours in the bathtub uh, oh, over that <laughs> over that day. So it was a bit of an ordeal. I'm not sure. I think my next idea might be kind of like warm location, <laughs> <relaxation>, you know, <laughs> sipping a cocktail, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, it was good fun. You know, I love that. I feel like the sentiment of the song, what you described, was definitely conveyed in the video. What I love so much as well is that, like, in a sense, with the song in general, you're describing, like, these acts that almost, like, we partake on ourselves to be superhuman, but we're using them within the confines of human acts, where it's, like, working yourself so hard in a superhuman way when really you're trying to be a human. Like, it's a really nice contrast. I love that. I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. If, uh, if, yeah, you're trying to do something ultimately in a very human way to look after someone else or wherever it might be. Um, it's like on airplanes when they say, you've got to fix your own mask first. And it always strikes me whenever I fly somewhere because you think, huh, that's a bit selfish, isn't it? You know, sort yourself <laughs> out first. But actually, when you think about it, no, it's, it's what superhuman is about. It's like, if you want to look after people, you've got to look after yourself. Otherwise, you're not going to be around to look after other people. So there's something important in there and that is in that video. Um, although, I have to say, at the end, people keep asking me, there's a bit where I basically disappear underwater and then the, the video plays out. And um, people keep saying, oh, did you do something clever? What's going on? And the truth is, uh, <laughs> we had an idea, the, the idea was, I'll go underwater, and then um, Isabel was directing it, and she'll tap on the bathtub to tell me to come back up again because they've cut. It's like a, a wrap, and um, and they just didn't. They oh. just thought, oh, well, <laughs> uh, for as long as he wants, right? But um, oh, when you're making a video, you have to be really, you have to really trust the director and, um, and and just follow their instructions. So I was underwater thinking there must be a really good reason why they're not tapping. You know, there must be, I'll just stay under here um, for a while longer. And so it just went on and on and on. Um, and then eventually I kind of emerged and was a bit worse for wears. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was fun making the video. That's awesome. You know, I want to talk a bit about Isabel because uh, I know what's interesting about you two, apart from being partners, is that you've collaborated on a lot of projects over the years. And I wonder what it was like specifically working on this album with her because it's an album that's so clearly personal and so intimate in regards to your own life. Like, what is it like working on an album like that with your wife? Like, that has to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. We have, we've worked together for a long time on lots of different projects. Um, some successfully, some less successfully in terms of getting on and, you know, it being harmonious. Um and with this one, having a short period of time to do it really helps because um, I, she took the lead in terms of this is what we've got to do by when, this is how we're going to do it. Um, and I was there because um, she's the, essentially is the producer, right, the, and, and engineering it. So, and it's really important, I think. Um, I've never had a great understanding about, hang on, what's the difference between a producer and an executive producer, or engineer, or summarizer, and um, and now I, from her, I get a, I've got a better idea now because she, if it wasn't for her managing this process and making it all happen, it just wouldn't have happened. 
So by just trusting her, trusting her implicitly, it meant that um, it came together, and it came together more harmoniously than before. Because it was just the two of us as well, that helps. Having two voices, pretty much, if you have a different view, which happens a lot, pretty quick before, by, by which time one person backs down. Um, but also, it's about confidence, because when you're really confident, you're actually more happy to let things slide, more happy to compromise, because you think, no, I like this idea, and a lot of times, like, and it's someone else's idea, I like the idea, it's their idea, I'm not going to get in their way in getting it finished or moving into the next stage. Um, so that was really important, and yeah, it's the same as being a partner generally, same thing. <laughs> you, you just got to know when to shut up and get let them do their thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm no kind of producer or um, or engineer. I've, I've done it on records before, but not compared to Isabel. And I've got a lot to learn from her there. So I did my bit and she did hers. That's amazing. And like, you know, I, I'm curious, what was it like to listen to the album with her when it was done? And not just her, because this is another question, but... Was it like listening to the album back with her when it was done? And also, what was it like to have your family listen to the album since, you know, so much of this is tied, the experiences and the songs are tied to things pertaining to your family? Like, what was it like having these people listen to the record? Uh, that's, that's just really awkward. Um, <laughs> that's very honest of you. Is it that me listening to the record? There's a, there's, a, it's, there's a part of it which is just surreal and mind-blowing because... Um, I don't know, I'd, maybe it shouldn't be the case, but holding the vinyl pressing of the record with the artwork and everything done, finished, um, that's, that's just crazy to me. I don't know, I kind of dream quite small um, and not too far ahead. So, yeah, I'd always dreamed that we'd, I'd get to make a record like this, but, um, but I never actually, I could never picture myself stood there holding a record that's been that's been, um, what's the right, I was going to say burned, no, what's the right word, it's printed, pressed. Um, yeah. That was amazing. And then listening back, yeah, um, that's quite a, a thing, really lucky to, I was really lucky to get to get that. But then, of course, it's at the end of this really intense process. So, I don't know how many thousand times in the course of, because you write it, and record it, and then edit it, uh, and then it goes through so many of these stages, right through to being mastered and then being printed onto record. So by the end of it, it's hard to listen to it, where it's impossible to listen to it out of the context of that. So I've actually not listened to it for a while. I'm hoping that I can have a listen with fresh, like you know, fresh ears, because that would be really lovely. Um, but the the other part of your question about family, one thing I hadn't planned for is. Um, write these songs about personal things because I can't put them into words very easily. And it helps to write songs about them, to deal with some of them. But then the thing that I never um, counted on or expected was, of course, then people ask you all about it and family asks you about it. Um, and I, I find it really hard to then say, oh, this really personal thing uh, between you and me, I <laughs> put it into a song and now people are asking me about it. Um, so that's quite difficult. That's quite hard with, that. and that's maybe. I, I think it would explain a lot why people don't maybe make as much music about family or about current relationships that they're in or whatever it might be. Because of course you're opening the doors to them, and that 
that might be voluntary to you, but maybe not to the people you've written about. So there's that's a lesson that I've learned from this, I think. That, that sounds like a good lesson to learn. I imagine it also makes it feel like it solidifies an experience, which, I mean, of course, it's solidified within your mind, but within the context of, like, an actual tangible thing, I can imagine that feeling a bit strange as well, like. Yeah, it does. There's, there's a thing about those songs that they change the underlying thing that they're about. Um, I, don't, I don't know how other songwriters, but it seems, it seems to be obvious to me. I'll write something about that's really intense to me. So that might be something hard, I've gone through or wonderful. And definitely for the hard things, it helps um, helps me cope with those and put them into a place to deal with them. Um, so one of the questions is always, so does it, if it diminishes the hard stuff and helps you deal with them, does it also diminish the good stuff? And I think the answer is no. Fortunately, it doesn't work that way. It makes you enjoy them more. So writing something about childhood or what have you, you say like in, in summer, no, it means that I get to enjoy that nostalgia even more. So yeah, it's, it's win-win really. It's the great thing about songwriting. It's why it's quite addictive. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, before I let you go, uh, it's been grand getting to chat with you about this record. I can't wait for people to hear it. Um, you know, naturally you want everyone to hear your album as an album, and you really succeeded in making an album you have to listen to from start to finish. Like when I was listening to it, it very much felt like that was the intended pur- purpose. But I'd love to know if there's a specific song you feel strongly about that you'd really love people to hear. I mean, I know the album's made within the context of this narrative, but I just want to know if there's one song specifically you feel very proud of that you really want people to hear. What do you think it'd be? That's a, that's a good question. I have to think about it a little bit. Um, I think um, we've, you know, we've put out a couple of singles, but most of the record people won't have heard at all. Uh, man, that's a really good question. Um, I'm going to be really cheeky and pick two, I think. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. So, um, there's one song there that's like really, really sad, and sad end of the scale, um, and it's called You Have a Father, okay? Um, and that was one of the earliest songs written on it. And um, it's one that I just love playing live. I would normally play it first at live shows. A, firstly, to get the saddest song out of the way. Uh, <laughs> and then it's all up. Good method. But, uh, but I'm, my background is a guitarist, and it's, it's one of those songs where, you know, you know anyone who plays well, any instrument, there's sometimes you, you really get to indulge yourself in really kind of playing out what you're doing. And it really... You get to just the way that the guitar is. I get just get to enjoy playing it so much, um, and the kind of concept behind the song of um, kind of saying to someone, "Look, uh, if, if you're in trouble, you know, I can I can look after you." Um, I, I really enjoy playing that song live, and um, but on live, you don't get to hear the strings and other things. So I don't get to do that live at the moment. Um, so I'm really excited about showing showing that one to people. And then the other one really is a song called Human Nature, um, which I don't I don't think is public anywhere. Yeah, I think that's one that unless I'm unless I put it out late at night or something um, when I was not thinking straight. <laughs> that, um, that that's one that um, we tried so many different ways of putting this song together, right? But it just had to be just the guitar and a voice. Um, and I just love playing that one live, and uh, and it's exactly the same on the record as it is live, but with 
these amazing um, singers called uh, the Cabaret Sisters, and then a few other friends of mine, um, a guy called James Conway Ellis, and uh, Sinead Hockley, who's, who, who are on the record, are doing kind of backing vocals. Um, and I say backing vocals is the wrong word because they're doing their vocals on it, if that makes sense. And um, so that one was just the most incredible experience to be able to record. So yeah, human nature, you have a father, really looking forward to people um, uh, having listened to that and let me know what they think. Yeah, those are two standout tunes for me as well, especially You Have a Father. That was one of the ones that stood out to me on the record. So that's awesome to hear. It's a favorite for you as well. I listen to it too much, so it's a bit sad. Uh, <laughs> listen to a few of the other happier ones a bit. <laughs> I'll definitely do that. Tom, like, thanks for chatting with me, man. I really appreciate it. It's great. Like, to, I, I, This was a beautiful record to hear, and I was, I'm glad we got to go deep into it. Like. Thank you. Yeah, it's been lovely chatting. It's been great. Yeah, cheers. I appreciate it. <laughs>